What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to the A-Man podcast. My name is Adam Shabim. I hope everyone's staying safe. I hope everyone's having a good day. I hope everyone's had a good week because tomorrow's Friday. So, you know, it's a big vibe out here and we're all very excited for next week, Thanksgiving week. Always a good time. Uh, And speaking of Thanksgiving, make sure you guys stay safe during Thanksgiving and make sure you guys are taking the proper precautions because, you know, with the news of uh, the vaccine coming in being 95% effective, you know, we want to really set ourselves up for when that vaccine is ready to go. Um, and we don't want another surge, you know, with the, uh, with uh, Thanksgiving coming up. So make sure you guys are staying safe. Um, obviously spend time with family, but you know, wear masks if you need to, um, just make sure you guys are staying safe. That's all I ask. And, um, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely one of the best times of the year, COVID or not. Um, lots of, sports going on right now we got the nfl college basketball coming back next week going to be a great vibe very excited to see my boys from kentucky go for that ninth national championship um but yeah just a lot of things going on um lots to look forward to um and i hope everyone uh just enjoys himself during uh, thanksgiving break so anyways today i wanted to talk about now, by the way, this is the second podcast episode. This is the second podcast episode that I've ever done without uh, a guest. So, the first one I did was about um, the whole Black Lives Matter situation, which I thought that was the one of the hardest episodes to make because you know it was a very touchy subject at the time, um, and I had to really talk for so long about you know different things, different you know touchy subjects. But I got it done, and I got great feedback on it. So I appreciate you guys so much. Um, but today, you know, this is this is something a little bit more. Um, now, this is going to be split into two different parts. We're going to be talking about two different things. Number one, we are going to be talking about the 2020 NBA draft that happened last night. Uh, it was it was pretty cool to watch. You know, seeing all the players get drafted and having their families by their side. It, it was very, it was very some of it emotional. You know, um, some of my personal favorites getting drafted, but. In other parts, it was just it was very cool to see, uh, and I'm very, uh, I'm very glad that I watched it, and I'm very, um, I, I give my love and support to all the prospects and their families, um, and I wish nothing but the best in the future for all the players that got drafted, and and, and some undrafted players also signing contracts like the night after. That was something uh, that was cool to see. Um, you know, even if you're undrafted, and I, I'm not the one to speak because obviously I'm not an NBA player, but. Even if you go undrafted, there's still other ways to get to the NBA. You just got to maybe work a little bit harder if you don't get drafted. But anyways, we're going to be discussing the 2020 NBA draft. I'm only going to be I'm only going to be going over um, just the, a few of the notable picks. Um, obviously, there's 60 picks. I can't go over 60 picks. I'll just go through different picks that I thought were pretty interesting, pretty, um, pretty noteworthy. And then the second thing that we're going to be talking about today is uh, is TikTok drama. Now, you guys know that I'm not that active on TikTok. I barely use it. I only I only really use TikTok to, you know, scroll and, and look at sports TikTok and, you know, learn some cool sports facts and, and things like that. But we'll get to that in a second. But let's start with the 2020 NBA draft. Now, the Timberwolves had the number one selection. Um, and apparently they actually didn't know what they were going to do when they were even on the clock. They were still mulling about Anthony Edwards and LaMelo Ball, but they ultimately decided to go with the 6'5 
point, uh, sorry, not point guard, shooting guard out of, excuse me, the University of Georgia, Anthony Edwards, number five. And basically with Anthony Edwards, what I see in Anthony Edwards is a guy who is great in transition. I think the pick and roll game could definitely be useful for him because of the way he can drive to the rim. He's got nice length defensively. He can get in passing lanes. I think his mid-range game is one of the best. I think his three-point game is getting there, but it's still pretty solid. And I just love the way he plays the game. Now, there were questions, obviously, heading into this draft about him because he recently said that, you know, he he, he loves basketball, but he's not really into it. He, he said himself that he couldn't even watch a full NBA game uh, or a full basketball game in general. And, and he said, well, football was his first sport. Okay, football is your first sport. But he said that if the NFL were to offer him, a, if, a, if an NFL team were to offer him a contract, he would drop all of his basketball dreams and go straight to the NFL. So he's been getting kind of clowned for that. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's not something you want to hear if you're, a, you know, NBA front office, you know, you want to have someone on your team that, you know, loves the game. But the Minnesota Timberwolves took Anthony Edwards anyway. I think it was the right pick. Uh, and I think Anthony Edwards, you know, that stuff, that stuff, we're all just going to be looking back on it and laughing about it uh, and not really thinking too much about it. Uh, you know, Anthony Edwards plays the game no matter what with a lot of passion, a lot of energy. So I'm very excited to see if he can get that rookie of the year, if he can have a successful NBA career, he's got great teammates with him: Carl Anthony Towns, D'Angelo Russell. Uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun to see, and hopefully Minnesota can can increase their stock in the near future. The number two pick was made by the Golden State Warriors, and they picked James Wiseman, the seven foot one center with the seven foot six wingspan, out of the University of Memphis. James Wiseman. Barely played in college. Um, I could get into the whole story of how he got uh, ruled ineligible to play college basketball, but that's that's a whole complicated story I could get to in another day. But James Wiseman is a guy who I think he fits the modern-day center in the NBA because he's got a nice jumper. Uh, he has a very great post game. I like his post game. I like his moves that he usually that he utilizes in the post. I think he does a great job of passing out of double teams, looking for the open man at the three-point line. I think, personally, his defense is what stands out to me. He's got great shot-blocking ability. He can switch on the pick and roll. He's got enough length to guard you know, some of the top-scoring forwards in the NBA. And I think he fits well with the Warriors because the Warriors – need that shot blocker on defense. The Warriors were atrocious defensively. And I think him and Draymond Green could be that defensive front court that really puts the Warriors in that position for a title. Now, granted, Clay Thompson did tear his uh, Achilles apparently yesterday, which is very sad to see. So he's going to be out for this next season. He was supposed to be playing after he tore his ACL in the 2019 NBA Finals. But, you know, unfortunately got injured again. Luckily, it wasn't the same leg that he tore his ACL on, but now I feel like the Warriors can still contend. They got a lot of good young players like Eric Pascal, Kai Bowman, Jordan Poole. You know, James Wiseman is going to be probably the starting center. You also got Andrew Wiggins. You know, the Warriors could do a lot with their uh, 
with their team. I still think they're going to contend, and I think James Wiseman is going to get that playoff experience right away. So it's going to be it's going to be cool to see how he can perform in the big games because you know the Warriors are going to be in a lot of big games with Steph Curry on the team. So it's going to be it's going to be very interesting to see, and I cannot wait to see if James Wiseman can really help the Warriors get back into uh, you know that position that they were in not too long ago. The third pick in the NBA draft went to the Charlotte Hornets, and they selected LaMelo Ball, the 6'8 point guard out of Australia by way of Chino Hills, California. Now, LaMelo Ball has been one of the most talked about basketball players in the world, basically. I mean, the, the journey he's been on, high school, going overseas, joining this JBA, which was a joke of a league, by the way, but he did that. Then he went to prep school, and then he went to Australia where he had, you know, lots of fans there. And now here he is in the NBA. Long journey, unorthodox journey, but here he is in the NBA. And LaMelo Ball is someone who creates so many highlights with the way he really controls the game. And the highlight that they always show with the analysis on the mellow ball is that play where he was running a pick and roll and he did a behind the back to get past uh the defender and then he did a behind the back pass to his teammate who dunked it so that play alone like kind of just shows what he can really bring to a team you know that flashiness but not only the flashiness just like the ability to make those plays you know he made a lot of behind the back you know crazy no look passes I think his shooting definitely needs to be worked on, but I think that's an easy fix. His defense is something that is a huge flaw. And I think with his length, I think he can definitely be a good defender, a decent defender. Probably not better than Lonzo, but I think he can be a, a decent defender for uh, years to come if he can uh, you know, work on it uh, diligently. And you know, I think he's going to be great with the pick and roll because he's got a player like P.J. Washington who can not only roll, but he can also, you know, pull out for three. And then you also have someone like Devontae Graham, who, if things work out, him and LaMelo Ball can make such a nasty backcourt. Because Devontae Graham should have won most improved player this past season. And Devontae Graham is such a great scorer. You know, he's got a great, he's got three-dimensional scoring. He can shoot from the outside, shoot from the mid-range, drive inside. He's got great competitiveness he's got amazing I, th- I believe he went undrafted if I'm if I'm mis- if I'm being correct I believe he went undrafted so he plays with that chip on his shoulder and this Hornets team actually drafted very well they got a very young team I hope to see them on the rise uh, and maybe LaMelo can be the next you know Kemba Walker uh, that Charlotte had not too long ago and that was who the Hornets picked with the third pick and I'll go over some other uh, notable picks. With the eighth pick in the draft, the New York Knicks selected the boy Obi Toppin from the University of Dayton. I believe he's 6'9", 6'8", 6'10", somewhere in that range. I know I'm just saying random heights, but that's where he is right now. The power forward, uh, he won Naismith Player of the Year in college this past season, and you know, he was just putting on a show at Dayton, the way he would just through those through the leg, 360 windmill dunks, you know, that no NBA player can could even like 
dare try, not let alone a college player, even dare try in a game. I think this is a good pick for the Knicks because you're getting someone who is a great competitor, loves the game. I think he can expand his game. He's got good uh, touch around the rim, got a good post game. Again, he's very nimble in transition, especially for his size. I think that him and RJ could run good in the transition. I think uh, he is kind of like a Blake Griffin with the way he can dunk the ball, with the way he can finish around the rim. He's got that Amari Stoudemire type build, kind of. I think he can be a post-fadeaway guy. He can get you some buckets. Uh, I think maybe if the Knicks need a bucket and let's say the perimeter is all clogged up, I think he can throw it down low to Obi in the post. Hopefully he can get a bucket. Uh, I think he be, I think he can be good in the pick and roll. Uh, I think with the Knicks right now, we need a point guard. And I think maybe RJ can fill that role. I know I might be talking a load right now, but I think RJ could maybe fill that role, uh, fill that hole as the point guard some days. I think he could also be nice with Mitchell Robinson, uh, and I think there are a lot of possibilities for Obi Toppin, who uh, is from New York. So it's good to see him on his hometown team. It, it meant a lot to him, uh, and I'm very, I'm very, very excited to see how he can perform in New York. Obviously, there's not going to be a sold out crowd at, at Madison Square Garden, but you know it's going to be, it's going to be cool to see, and hopefully. Uh, he can uh, he can make us all proud. I'm very excited for him. I, I love his game, and uh, I wish him nothing but the best in the future. And shout out to Jacob Toppin as well, who goes to the University of Kentucky, his younger brother. I uh, can't wait to see him ball out for us. Now, the 15th pick was made by the Orlando Magic, and they picked Cole Anthony, the 6'3 point guard out of UNC. Now, Cole Anthony... Last season missed about four to six weeks with uh, some sort of knee injury. I can't remember what the specifics was, but he had to get surgery on it. Uh, and his draft stock before his injury was top five range, but then he got injured. Draft stock went a lot lower to like late lottery, late first round kind of. Um, I don't think he slipped in the draft. I think this is where he should be. I really like the way he can get his teammates involved. He's got great athleticism. He's got good quickness. Uh, he's got a great competitive attitude. Um, he's an exciting player. A lot of people just see his efficiency and they kind of wonder, you know, why did the Magic take him? But I think ultimately he can uh, he can help the Magic, you know, get back to that, uh, to that, you know, mode where they were always running in transition, always making the exciting plays. I think he can go well with... Um, Aaron Gordon, that would be a good uh, a good combination to see, you know, throwing uh you know, maybe even Aaron Gordon throwing lobs to Cole Anthony, but Cole Anthony is going to be throwing a lot of lobs to Aaron Gordon. That's going to be fun to see. Cole Anthony is a good lob passer. Um, also he's going to have a great pick and roll man with Nikola Vucevic. Um, I think that starting a point guard job is getting a bit uh competitive because they still have Markel Fultz who had a decent season this past season. Um. And someone who, you know, still feels like, eh, you know, I still have a little bit left. But uh, as of right now, I feel like he's a bust um, because he did go first overall in 2018, I, um, I believe. Yeah, 2018. 2018 or 20. I think it was 2017. I could be wrong. But anyways, that is who the Magic selected and the, uh, not the Knicks, the, what was their name? The Philadelphia 76ers selected my guy, Tyrese Maxey, the six 
three six four shooting guard out of the University of Kentucky. Now, I'm very surprised that the Heat did not take Tyrese Maxey with the 20th pick because we know how much Pat Riley loves the Kentucky boys. He went to Kentucky himself. He loves that boy, Tyler Hero, Bam Adebayo, among others. But, you know, I'm very surprised Miami didn't take, uh, you know, Tyrese Maxey. And I think they're going to regret it because I think Tyrese Maxey, what you're getting in Tyrese Maxey is someone who's very clutch, knows how to play his role. He's very quick uh, in his decision-making. I think he's amazing in transition. He's got great finishing ability around the rim. He, he's, he did... Uh, he did some of the craziest layups I've ever seen um, at Kentucky. And he's someone who's a great teammate, ultimate competitor. I think he, I think he could definitely learn a lot uh, about, you know, being a floor general under Ben Simmons. And I think ultimately he can, you know, learn a lot with this, uh, with the 76ers team that's really, you know, making a lot of trades. And I think he can definitely provide a lot off the bench. Uh, for the 76ers, and I think they got a very, very big steal with Tyrese Maxey, and I'm not just saying that because I'm a Kentucky fan, but I'm saying that because it's true. Tyrese Maxey is the steal of the draft. The way he plays the game, the way he can provide offense, I think it's definitely uh, a great pick by the Philadelphia 76ers, Um, and I don't remember what pick this was, but the Warriors took Nico Mannion in the second round um, and I actually really like this pick because obviously with the Clay Thompson injury, um, you know, that's kind of tough. Uh, you know, you don't really know what the future holds. But, you know, the Warriors have been stacking up on those young guards. Like I mentioned before, Kai Bowman, um, players like Jordan Poole, Nico Mannion, I think could also provide. Uh, I don't think he's going to take that G League route. I think he's going to be put in the main team right away. I think he's going to provide a lot of uh, much needed, you know, instant offense off that bench. He's got 3D scoring. Um, he, his defense is eh. I think he does play with uh, with tenacity. He does play with that competitiveness. I think in transition, very smart in transition, knows who to pass to. He's got good pick and roll game, very athletic. Uh, he's got great dunks. He's um, you know, been a high school star. Arizona, you know, he, he had a decent freshman season. Um, but ultimately, I feel like he can be someone who the Warriors will love because of the way he can provide that instant offense, you know, off the bench whenever they need it. So those are the picks I wanted to go over for the 2020 NBA drafts. Lots of teams, you know, may have reached, including the Chicago Bulls, who took Patrick Williams, who only averaged, they took him at number four, but he only averaged nine points per game in college at Florida State University. And he didn't even start a college game, apparently, from what I from what I heard. So that was a little bit of a reach. Hopefully that he develops into something, you know, good. And, you know, I also like the pick that the Wizards made taking Denny Abdia from Maccabi Tel Aviv, uh, Tel Aviv in, um, with that ninth pick, um, 6'10", 225. He's got good shooting ability. He's kind of like, I, I, you know, I'm, I know I'm going to, offend some people with this comment he's kind of an athletic version of Luca um Luca's obviously better but you know I feel like Denny is just wired to score he's got good post game a nice perimeter game I'd say good shooter he can shoot from anywhere um his transition game is also very nice uh and he's been playing professional since he was young so you know he's got that experience and I, I really like his game and hopefully 
I think he has the potential to make the all-rookie first team if he can really play his game and, and fit into that role uh, with the Washington Wizards. Now, we've gone over in the NBA draft, and the second thing I want to talk about with you guys is the whole TikTok drama with Charlie D'Amelio, Dixie D'Amelio. You know, it's a long story, but I'm going to have to explain it. Now, we all know that the D'Amelio family, they do these, you know, different things, you know, they do these shows and they do these podcasts or whatever, you know, they're really expanding their brand. And they came out with a new YouTube series called Dinner with the D'Amelios, where they basically bring in like a celebrity guest, um, you know, to have dinner with them. And they brought in James Charles. And James Charles, you know, I don't really have an opinion on him. I, I guess he's cool. You know, it's whatever. People can say whatever about him. But he came, you know, he had uh, dinner with the D'Amelios, like the title said. And the D'Amelios have this personal chef. I think his name's like Aaron something. But the, the D'Amelios have this personal chef. And he gives, you know, the food, you know, it's this fancy food. He gives this fancy food to the D'Amelios, um, which was paella which if you don't know what paella is is basically like shrimp rice like i don't know it's like this it's like a rice dish but you can put like you know different toppings in it and basically the the paella which is a spanish dish it had you know this snail in it and dixie d'amelio she was she wasn't feeling it you know she was like throwing up uh well she like gagged a lot like she was making she was overreacting like even the dad said that she was overreacting um and she even went outside to the patio and and threw up like it was just it was just a whole drama show she was just mm, man like that was kind of cringe um and the the chef when he gave it to her he was like oh like the snail is there for you know good omen and good faith or something like that um, and, you know, Dixie Millie was like, you know, I'm a child, like, do you inspect this kind of thing? Uh, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it wasn't a good situation. I think it definitely put a lot of disrespect on, on Dixie D'Amelio's name. Um, you know, and, and I think, I think personally she deserves it cause she was overreacting. Like, you know, you don't have to eat it, you know, you can just eat around the snail. Um, and apparently she came out with a statement that like she, they planned, they apparently planned um, you know, this to happen, because she was like, oh, you know, like, the like, my team, like, they know that, you know, I, I have, like, I throw up a lot, and they wanted to see how I would react to the snail, but I don't know, dude, it's like, it's almost like you're trying to take the blame off of yourself, you know what I'm saying, with, with something, with some made-up story, now, for all I know, it may be true, whatever the case may be but all i know is that 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 clip of her excuse me that clip of her you know throwing up and and just like you know not feeling the snail you know overreacting like it's one thing to to not like you know something in your food it's one thing to not like your food but it's another thing to just overreact at the dinner table and just you know go full like not really panic mode, but I would just say like full overreacting mode, you know what I'm saying? And we all overreact over something, but, but that was kind of just, it was pretty immature for someone like her. She's a 19 year old. She makes this be happy song. And you know, that song, it had a lot of, a uh, 
you know, good lyrics, but compare that to like, to her, like in that video, you know what I'm saying? Just think about that. Now, that's not really the main story. Like that's kind of part of it. But the main story is about Charlie D'Amelio. And we all know Charlie D'Amelio is about to hit 100 million followers on TikTok, which would be kind of historic because usually the, the, the companies that are not, well, yeah, usually companies hit 100 million on, you know, Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or whatever. You know, it's not really like a single person hitting 100 million on a certain platform. I mean, like the only people I can think of with 100 million followers are like Cristiano Ronaldo like Selena Gomez, Justin Bieber, like people like that. But like Charlie D'Amelio is about to be the first TikToker to hit 100 million. She was at like 99.4 million um, followers on TikTok. And then this video, and I'll tell you in this video, but I'll tell you what happened in this video, but Charlie D'Amelio lost 500,000 followers in a matter of like a few hours or a few like minutes, apparently. Like, like that's kind of insane over over something that happened in this video. Now, in this video, Charlie D'Amelio apparently in front of the chef said, I mean, I think she asked her parents, but she said this in front of the chef, like, oh, like, do we have any dino nuggets? And apparently, like, the, all the fans, all of the TikTok community, they all kind of just, you know, um... They all kind of just, you know, gave her backlash for it. They gave her hate for it, you know, kind of showing like, oh, you're ungrateful, all of this stuff, which, okay, like you kind of just, uh, you know, you kind of just put yourself in a bad light there, you know, just, you know, disrespecting the chef. I think the chef kind of, you know, got a little disrespected, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, and that apparently wasn't the worst of it. The worst of it is what I'm about to tell you right now. So... She's about to hit 100 million followers, as we all know, and James Charles, you know, um, they were talking about, oh, you know, it would be cool if I hit 100 million followers, you know, a, exactly a year, a year after I hit 1 million followers, and so, you know, James Charles is like, oh, like, is 99.5 million followers not enough for you, and then she's just like, you know, I would like to hit an even number. And that's what that's what absolutely made everyone unfollow her, what made everyone dislike her, what made everyone just, you know, cancel culture her. Um, and everyone was commenting, you know, like, like, you know, we're more than just a number. And, you know, you have all these followers, you have a personal chef. Uh, you have all of this fame, but you're acting so ungrateful and, and all of this stuff. And, and, and like, they're not being mature and, and just, you know, just ungrateful is the main word. Like, and when, when she said that, you know, I'm thinking like, yeah, that's not really the right thing to say. Like, I'm not really offended by any of this because I'm, this is, this is like Charlie DeMille, like that kind of like dancing TikTok is not really what I watch. I usually watch like, sports tiktok so like and i don't really make tiktok like i don't make like a like i'm not a dancer tiktok guy you know i'm 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 more of like i make like like the only tiktoks i make are about sports you know what i'm saying so i'm not really much of i would be more offended if it was like a dancing tiktok if i was a dancing tiktok like fan but you know i'm not too offended by it but i can see why other people are 
um you know I feel like he can't just be saying like oh like I wish I had more followers and, and and stuff like that when you already have like the most followers on on the platform you know it's not really the right thing to say you know you have all of these I feel like yeah like like if you're a, if you're a big social media like person you got to say thank you to the all of your followers because all of your followers make you look good so you get all the sponsorships so you get all the money and you get all that but you know the thing is she was in the wrong for for saying that and and and, and everyone makes mistakes and, and I think she definitely made a mistake there um and you know that whole video was just kind of cringy it wasn't really the right video it just didn't feel right um and you know those three things that I mentioned um those three things that I mentioned are kind of what people have been talking about lately, but that's not really the main thing. I, I know I keep saying it's not the main thing. It's not the main thing, but this is kind of the thing I wanted to talk about. The fact that she's getting death threats, she's getting like so much like, and it's not really like you can get hate obviously, but she's getting like death threats and, and hang and like people are telling her to hang herself and people are telling her all of these nasty things. And it, it, that's where it made, that's where I kind of took notice of uh, not took notice of, that's where I kind of like noticed like man this is kind of like like I actually feel bad for her and you know like everyone makes mistakes but I feel like people were just like overreacting you know and she I, I, I was in class and we weren't really doing anything so I went on Instagram and I saw now I didn't know about this until like after school like that's when I kind of looked this stuff up and I kind of gained information but I basically you know, went on her live stream and she was like crying and, and, and like saying like, oh, like, like you, you shouldn't like say any of this and, and all that. And I was like, oh, like what happened? Like, is, is there some boy drama? Is it some, some other thing? Like, I'm not really sure what happened. Um, and she's like, if, if that's, and the main thing I took away from it is, you know, if this is what the community is like, then maybe this isn't what I should be doing or something like that. And I kind of thought, man, is she going to retire from TikTok? Like, like at the top of her game and and all of this and she's about to hit 100 million followers like is she about to retire from tiktok at the young age of 16 years like keep in mind guys like she's 16 years old she's literally a month younger than me and she has all of this fame all of these followers but guys the main thing is she's human too she may have all of these followers all of these fame all, all of this fame but i think that she's human just like me and whoever's listening to this you know what i'm saying like it's the internet, obviously, and there's going to be, like, hate or love, you know, depending on, on who you are and what you say, obviously. There's going to be two sides of the story. But death threats and, and all of that stuff, that's just too far. And, 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 and like, over this especially, like, like, like and this is just, like, okay, like, like they made a mistake. Like, it was, it was disrespect. But we've seen a lot worse things on the internet. And what I think about, the worst thing I've seen on the internet is when Logan Paul filmed the dead body man and that was just like everyone was talking about that he was getting so much hate and that hate is warranted maybe not death threat you know worthy like no one ever should receive death threats but all of the hate that logan paul was getting literally was warranted because you're not like even if it was the first time you made that mistake like that's still like you make you make that bad of a mistake and you show that to your audience and 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 it's just man that that was the worst thing i ever saw but but something like this does not deserve nothing deserves death threats but something like this especially doesn't deserve death threats and all that and and she was crying and i felt so bad for her and 
you know, it kind of got me thinking, like, what if Charlie, and what I suggest, and, and, and I'm just saying my personal opinion, I personally think Charlie D'Amelio should retire from TikTok, and I'll tell you why. So, obviously, she has, like, millions of followers, 99 million to be exact. I don't know what the number is at right now, but she has about, like, 99 million followers as of right now. And, you know, she gained all of these followers by doing dances on an app, doing these 15 or 60 second videos, you know, on this app called TikTok. And obviously we were all using TikTok during, you know, the quarantine era. Oh, obviously, well, I wouldn't say we're in quarantine right now because people are going out. But when we were in the quarantine era, that's when TikTok started to rise up and her views went up, her followers went up. Uh, and, you know, she gets all these money, all this money, all these endorsements with like makeup brands and clothing brands and all this stuff. You know, I feel like, like, it's just, the thing is, right, she, she, now, if you're a a big figure like her in the TikTok community, like, you're gonna get hate, right, and it just seems like the hate just gets to her, you know what I'm saying, like, like, the, um, the thing about, um, the, the, the first, like, drama story that I knew about was when, like, I think she kind of had, beef with like Chase Hudson her ex-boyfriend Lil Huddy on TikTok but like she was crying in that in the live stream like a few days after that whole drama started and like you know she got hate for it and and everyone else around her got hate for it and you know she was kind of crying over that and again I feel bad for her you know she doesn't deserve to cry she's a really sweet person from what I see um I love what she does with like UNICEF and all that and you know I feel like I feel like she shouldn't really be putting herself through like all of that. And she seems like a really smart person. Obviously I don't know her personally, but she seems like a really, really smart person. And I feel like just social media, I feel like can only take you so far because what you're getting older in that, in that, that image that you built of yourself when you're six, like she's 16 right now, that image you built of yourself when you're 16, that starts to fade away and that starts to get, you know, a bit, it starts to feel, it starts to get a bit different and a little bit more awkward. So the question is, you know, what, what's your backup plan? You know, cause social media is going to run out, you know, you're going to take it so far, like, but you're, you're going to have to let it go at some point. But I think right now, now I know this is not going to happen, but I just think right now she should just give it up. And she has a lot of money, like obviously from all of, from all of the followers and all of the endorsements, obviously, and all of that stuff. Like, and she has like a personal stuff, like she has all of this stuff, right? I feel like she should use that money that she got from TikTok and all these other like platforms, right? And she should hire like a financial advisor and and like retire from TikTok because the thing is like I I don't want to see her like go through all of the all of this hate. Like like you're going to be on the internet, you're going to do all of this like you know things that attract viewers, right? You're going to get hate. You're going to get all of that, but like some people can like handle the hate, right? But to me, it just seems like she can't handle the hate, which is fine. Like, it's understandable. Like, you can get emotional over that. And and that's totally fine because, you know, it gets to people sometimes. It does get to people. I feel like with her, it's just, like, I don't want to see her cry again, you know, over, like, all of the hate. Like, the hate's always going to be there. Like, there's not going to be, like, full positivity and there's not going to be full hate. It's going to be what it's going to be one of each, you know what I'm saying? But the hate's always going to be there. And 
like she obviously reads the comments like I, I don't think she doesn't read the comments like she reads the comments and and I can only imagine like what like people are saying like how that gets to her you know and and it just doesn't seem like she can really take it and it, it seems to like get to her mental uh, mental health a lot and like this is such a small mistake and like look at like in the in hindsight in the bigger picture like this is such a small mistake and I feel like you know the hate is just the hate like the severity of it is not warranted at all i feel like this is just such a small mistake i feel like we should all just try and move on from it like yeah like you should obviously be more grateful for your followers but the thing is it's like it's like everyone makes mistakes we only all need to recognize that everyone makes mistakes but for her i feel like just just like tiktok is just i feel like it's just getting to her like mental health in a way like all the hate that she's getting the hate's always going to be there. So like, you can't really run away from it. And if like, and I feel like she shouldn't really put herself through like crying, like every night over hate or like, you know, feeling bad about herself, like losing self-confidence over like all the hate that TikTok, you know, brings. And I feel like, like she's like the natural, like the thing that everyone would want her to do is like, Oh, like don't even listen to the hate, like ignore the hate. You know, you're doing better than these people. You're making more than they would make in a year in a month you know what i'm saying but like the thing is she she ultimately it just seems like she can't handle the hate and she just lets it get to her which is totally fine like i understand like like this hate is like pretty bad like and it gets to some people and unfortunately it, it does get to her and i and i don't want to see her like like you know really just like lose herself over it she's a really nice person really positive person so in my opinion, I think that Charlie D'Amelio should retire from TikTok right now, leave at the top, take the money, hire a financial advisor and look ahead to the future. Because I feel like I feel like she can do so much with her future. Like she's got so many opportunities. Like I feel like she should do so, so much other things with her future. Like and obviously, like I'm, I'm not like controlling her life. I'm not trying to give her like things. I'm not trying to like give her advice. All right. I mean, in a way, I'm trying to give her advice, but in the same, in the same, this is just my opinion. This is obviously like not going to happen, but like, this is just my opinion. This is how I feel things should go. But if it doesn't go like whatever, you know what I'm saying? But the thing is like, ideally she should just retire from TikTok, um, hire a financial advisor and really look ahead to see like what else she can do. Like what, like what can she do to kind of avoid like all of this death threat type hate you know what i'm saying and that's ultimately what i think she should do and, and if you have a different opinion than me like that's totally fine you can tell me what your opinions are um and you know it, it's just it's just a tough situation for her and i really hope she gets back on her feet and continues to do what she loves and I, all i'm wishing is the best for her and her family so thank you guys so much for listening to the hey man podcast um i'm trying to get guests on obviously um you know school and everything but i definitely should be more busy with this uh during the thanksgiving break um and i'm very very excited for what the future holds i hope everyone's having uh, a great day obviously i hope everyone has safe holiday and and uh everyone stay safe i love you guys so much thank you guys for all the support you guys are the best we all know it uh everyone that's listening to this you're gonna do something special in the future um and you're all smart minds and i love you guys so much so thank you guys so much for listening to the Hey Man podcast. I'll check you guys next time. We'll see you later.